<laughs> How a Nightly Island Conflict Ended Up Becoming a Strange But Memorable Battle This all took place over the second session of what hopefully will be a long-standing campaign, and I will try not to mention the first session too much, as it's not a story worth telling. But this session was possibly the best D&D experience I have ever had. The first session had some important backstory. The players were in a world that supposedly had no magic, and humans were the only race. It was revealed that one of the PCs had tons of magic, much to the disapproval of everyone who wanted to play a magic user, and was told no, myself included. Each player received a ring that let them learn one cantrip, except the person who already had magic, and we ended up on an island that was seemingly mystical and had extremely few people. Although the only race was human and no magic classes, we still varied greatly in our ability. The PCs were as follows. Two dex-based fighters, Nyla and Malsair, my character, a rogue named Claire, a barbarian named Zimmy, and his boss-slash-friend Andrew, who was some sort of homebrew diplomat class that was useless in a fight but has a plus 10 to charisma checks. And finally, Willa, the girl who has more lightning magic than she knows what to do with. I think she was some sort of homebrew version of Sorcerer, but I am not sure. All the PCs were about 20 to 30 years old, except Malsair, who was 17, and Willa, who was 8. The party was all level 1, except Willa, who made it to level 2 after the first session. The session opens with the party finding, or rather being found by, a very powerful warrior by the name of Tigor, who takes them to the only sort of settlement on this strange island, Frederick's Bay. It was a small town with a little over 100 people and built in an extremely well-fortified area. There were three factions of people in the town, based on 1. The people who got shipwrecked there, 2. Pirates, 3. Imperials, 4. And the last faction, the followers of the Red God. Despite the factions, there was still a ruler who had united them all. He was an old man simply known as the Professor, whom the party met immediately upon entering Frederick's Bay. He told them the three major, and as far as I know only, rules of the island. 1. No killing, 2. No stealing, and 3. Don't go to the mountain in the center of the island. The party first sought out healing for some pretty bad injuries that they got in the first session, as Willa had no healing magic, and no one in the group had a healer's kit. At the healer's place, the party gets patched up, and there's a red powder that is used to wake up an unconscious character, important later. At some point, the group learns that every night, the town is attacked by these weak monsters the locals simply call Spawn. The Spawn are sort of like weaker mud methods. Because one of the mystical properties about the island is that the people on it don't need to sleep, the townspeople would fight through the night, every night, with relative ease. The party was not about to miss a good fight and offered to help protect the town. Andrew and Zimmy did not wish to join us on the battlefield, so we split the party. Looking back now, we should have forced Willa to go with them, but instead, she just sort of tagged along with Malsair, Nyla, and Claire, who all got out their ranged weapons and set up atop a watchtower on the perimeter wall. Several important NPCs joined us in the tower. 1. Brutish, who was the head of the Imperial factions, despite being about 16. 2. Brutish's bodyguard and loyal friend Terry. 3. And one more soldier named Titus. Willow was told by every party member there not to use her magic, as magic was not supposed to exist, and also because she did not seem to have full control over her magic, and we did not really need the help. This fight was pretty routine, and no one had actually been killed by the spawn in three years, so we were feeling confident. When night fell and the spawn ran down from the mountain and into the front line of troops, the men cut through them easily. All was going well, and then Willa decided to use her lightning magic on some of the spawn. She let loose some lightning that wipes out a few dozen spawn and hurts some of our allies. 
Another effect of the island we were unaware of was that magic was more powerful and a little unstable. All the spawn freeze for a second, turn towards Willa, and, like a pack of ravenous dogs chasing after fresh meat, start to run towards us. All the spawn rushing towards one point of the fairly thin front line breaks it instantly, and they begin to dig their claws into the wooden wall and climb up towards the party. Mouser, Nyla, and Claire switch to melee weapons and shields as the spawn begin to rush us and the battlefield dissolves into a bloody chaos. Hearing the sudden commotion and the sound of Willa's lightning, Zimmy and Andrew come running. Andrew uses his cantrip friends to convince an NPC commander to send more troops to help us, and Zimmy climbs onto the tower to fight alongside us. After casting his simple cantrip, a few of the spawn were attracted to the magic and the defenseless diplomat had to flee the battle. During the fight at the Watchtower, Terry is pulled over the edge by Spawn and is horribly wounded. The rest of the people fight on ferociously. The battle is bloody and long. At the end of the battle, Terry is still alive, but dying fast. Malsair, who was also thrown from the tower later in the battle, moves over to his side. Brutish rushes off to get a healer, but Terry knows it is of no use. Terry asks Malsair to promise to take care of Brutish after he dies, and Malsair agrees. But with the promise made, Terry released a pain sigh and dies in Malsair's arms. Brutish falls to his knees at Terry's side and gently weeps over the body of his friend. Malsair, numb, walks back up to the tower to check on the rest of the party. When he arrives, he finds Titus screaming at Willa for causing all this chaos and death. Only Titus knows that Willa is the origin of the lightning and he is by himself and already wounded. But in his blind rage, he is calling for Willa's blood. Malsair grabs Titus by the neck and attempts to intimidate him into silence. Titus does not give in and dares Malsair to kill him. Malsair, being a lawful neutral character, does not want to kill Titus. So in one swift, daft moment, Malsair hits Titus over the head hard, knocking him out. Malsair decides to pretend that he's taking the unconscious Titus to the medical tents, but he is intercepted by another member of the Imperial faction that offers to lend a hand. With a new witness, Malsair can't simply disappear into the forest and talk to Titus alone and hopes to convince him to keep Willa's secret. Or, if worse comes to worse, kill him. Now he actually has to take him to the medical tent and come up with plan B. They drop the unconscious Titus on an empty cot in the medical tent and Malsair begins step one of plan B. He sneaks into the healer's house and steals some of the red powder used to wake an unconscious creature so he can have his talk with Titus, which he does without getting caught. However, when he returns to the medical tent, Brutish is there, presumably to try and find out what happened, to make the spawn surge the way they did and kill his friend. Malsair and Brutish talk for a minute, with Malsair pretending that he came looking for Brutish to tell him about the promise to protect him. But Malsair then notices a bit of red dust on Brutish's hand. Brutish, in his quest for finding someone to blame for Terry's death, already woke Titus with the red dust. Titus told Brutish everything, then passed back out from the concussion that Malsair gave him. Brutish is crying for blood and is summoning a council at noon to put the party on trial. And because Malsair refuses to break the promise he made to Terry, forcefully stopping Brutish is out of the question, and Malsair can't do anything to stop the trial. We haven't had the third session yet, but hopefully because we have not directly broken any of the three rules, except a little thievery of red powder that nobody knows about, and the fact that Andrew has plus 10 to diplomacy might just be enough to keep us from being punished too harshly. Man, how did things go so wrong? I'm not sure I agree with limiting what classes people can play due to the DM's world, but if the players are on board, it could be interesting to see how it plays out. Please let us know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel All Things D&D. Our next video will be posted in two days, so stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content.